The following is audio from The Refuge Church. Every sermon is an invitation to understand, obey, and enjoy God. More information about The Refuge Church is available at therefugechurch.us. It's nice to know that when you're going into a hard situation, that somebody has your back, right? So, many years ago, um, before all of you younger ones were born, uh, we lived in the Philippines. And we lived in a uh, 100% Muslim village, remote, rebel-controlled, and um, it was one of the most graphic illustrations of somebody not having your back. I, uh, a missionary friend and myself were invited by one of our Muslim friends to uh, go into the jungle. It was a two-hour drive by jeepney and tricycle and um, to observe a Muslim ceremony. It was uh, the night when Muslims commemorate um, that they believe that Muhammad flew on a, a white horse from Medina to Jerusalem. And so all night long, men uh, form groups and they have a chanting com, uh, competition. Uh, they chant the Quran and it's just kind of a celebration. So our, our Muslim friend invited us to go to this. We arrived um, in the middle of the night and it was um, actually a, a rebel stronghold. And our friend who invited us realized that he shouldn't have invited us. So he disappeared. And so here, myself and my missionary friend, Dan was his name, uh, the rebel commander came up to us and said, follow me. And so he took us and sat us down in a circle of chairs and surrounded us with rebels with machine guns and hand grenade launchers and began to interrogate us. Um, this is a real story. Um, and so trying to be culturally appropriate, I began to speak to him in Tagalog or Filipino uh, to try and ease the situation. It was a little tense. Um, and he cut me off in perfect English immediately and he said, we aren't Filipinos. We're the Muslim nation. And so I said, I'll talk to you in any language you want. No, I didn't say that. The, uh, <laughs> I would not be standing here right now. <laughs> Um, and so, uh, for about an hour, uh, he interrogated us and decided that we weren't CIA spies. I know that's what you all thought, so I'm, I'm sure you're relieved. Um, and then they invited us uh, to be a part of the celebration. So, uh, for two or three hours, they had a huge feast. We enjoyed the feast, and we got to observe the competition. And then, magically, our friend reappeared and, and took us home. I, 
he did not have my back that night. And um, for some of you, it might not be so dramatic. Um, for some of you, it might be that you and your brother or sister decided that it was time to confess to your parents that you'd been hiding candy under your pillow. Um, <laughs> my daughter's laughing because my son just confessed to this a couple of years ago. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, not that he still does it, but when he was a child. Um, and so imagine that you're, you're, you go together with your, your brother or sister to confess to your parents and you begin to confess and realize that your brother or sister, they don't have your back and they're, and they're not admitting it. And they're, they're like pointing the finger at you. Uh, it's nice to know somebody has your back, right? I wonder how many of us have felt that God hasn't had our back? That we've experienced things or when we've gone through hard things that at that time when we thought God would have our back and he would be our help, that he wasn't there uh, in the way that we wanted him to be or that we thought he should be. That's what this psalm that we're going to look at this morning is so great. As we, as we go over, it's the second psalm or song of ascent in a series of 15 that pilgrims sang on their way to Jerusalem, on their way to one of the annual festivals that occurred every year at the temple. And so the pilgrim, as they were converging on Jerusalem where the temple was, where God's presence was, it was like home. And as they were heading home to God's presence, they would sing these psalms or these songs, uh, just reminding them of, of God and who he was, that he was their God and he was their help. But as they traveled, they also um, traveled through some dangerous territory. And so a lot of the psalms or songs that they sang were not only songs of worship, anticipating uh, the worship that they would be experiencing, but also to help them along the hazardous journey. So kind of the big, the question I want us to ask as we look at Psalm 121 is, will God be there when you need him? Will God be there when you need him? And the big idea that I think we're going to get that from this psalm is, God always has our back, okay? And I know that might be hard for some of us because maybe things you've gone through, but bear with me. We're going to go through this psalm and then we're going to kind of summarize it at the end. And, and I really think we're going to see in the, the truth that, that he's a God that we know always has our back. So Psalm 121, you follow along. It says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? And as the psalmist begins, he says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. As, as you remember, Jerusalem was, was really on a mountain. And um, in fact, I, I read that from Jericho to Jerusalem, it was a 3,000 foot ascent. So very much as the pilgrims are heading towards Jerusalem, they're, 
they're looking to the mountain. So I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forever. So what we're going to do, just to give you, kind of finish off the background, uh, the background of these psalms, again, is their pilgrims are on their way to Jerusalem. These were songs as they were ascending towards Jerusalem, looking forward to worship, and but also asking for help along the way. Uh, Luke chapter 10, if you are familiar with the story of the Good Samaritan, kind of gives a good background to this journey. Because the story of the Good Samaritan, uh, he encountered uh, a man who had been set upon and attacked and left for dead by robbers who was on the road from Jericho to Jerusalem. I mean, from Jerusalem to Jericho. So these pilgrims are doing the reverse journey. But so that the road was known to have lots of hazards, lots of dangers. So as we come to this psalm, it's very real. God, we need your help. We need your protection as we make this journey. For us, as we read these psalms or as we sing these songs, for us, it's, it's, it's very much the same. In Hebrews chapter 11, um, it, the people of faith there said that they were looking forward to a better country, a heavenly country. And that's our hope too, isn't it? as followers of Jesus. I mean, God has given us a wonderful country to live in, but there's a better one coming, (laughs) an eternal one, a heavenly one. And, And so we're on this same journey, like they were on the journey to Jerusalem. We're on this journey to the new Jerusalem, to a heavenly country. And in the same way that they had hazards along the way, we do too, don't we? Or do you live like a Pollyannish life? Everything's just beautiful and... No, real life is, there's hazards along the way. So this is a wonderful psalm for us as we encountered the hazards and the challenges and difficulties of life uh, to sing through or to read through this psalm as they did. So the outline that we're going to look at is simply this. In verses 1 and 2, there's the introduction. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Bam, right? That's it. I mean, what else, what else more do we need to say? Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And yet we need more, don't we? Because, because it's so easy for us going through the challenges and difficulties and brokenness of life to get so consumed with those that we lose sight of the maker of heaven and earth, right? And so the psalmist goes on, and, and it, it, this is like a song with three stanzas, and, and verses three 
and four, five and six, seven and eight are like three stanzas to this song. And each one is introduced like by a reminder of the God who has our back. So verse three says, he will not let your foot slip. If we can go to verse five, it says, the Lord watches over you. And then in verse seven, it says, the Lord will keep you from all harm. Um, So introduces each one of the three stanzas and each one is going to give us kind of an example or an illustration of how God, we can know that God has our back. Okay? We're going to start with the first one, verses three and four. It says, he will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The first point is whenever, whenever you're experiencing anything, God is there. He has your back. Whenever. Meaning he won't slumber nor sleep. It's like you don't have to worry about God being in a deep sleep or taking a nap. He is always available when you cry to him for help. He's always on the job. I would not make a good God. I mean, for a lot of reasons. But I love naps. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm going to, you know, call out Cindy here as, as Molly was talking about football part, you know, Super Bowl parties. Cindy says, when I go home, I want to take a nap. <laughs> so we're in the same. Uh, thankfully, while you're watching the Super Bowl party, God will not be taking a nap. Okay? Uh, For a couple of months now, maybe three months, we've been short a a shelter counselor upstairs. And so uh, uh, Pat uh, Steele, Jake Wishoff, and myself uh, have been filling in a few shifts. Just to give you an idea of the wimp that I am, I do the 9 p.m. to 2 a.m. shift Jake and Pat do the 2 a.m. to 8 a.m. shift. <laughs> That's not for me. Um, and uh, Pat actually graciously did 9 p.m. to 8 a.m. this morning so I could finish preparing for preaching this morning. Um, God is always available whenever you're going through whatever you're going through. God is always available. You don't have to worry about checking with God's administrative assistant or looking at his schedule to see if he's on vacation or if it's his nap time or it's his smoke break. He doesn't take smoke breaks. The God is always available when you need to cry out to him for help. Isn't that good news? That's a simple point. Whenever you need him, you can call on him. God always has your back. The second, as we come to verse five, it introduces it again, the Lord watches over you. And it says, the Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. Um, You know, when we lived in the Philippines, the sun was... The heat was intense. In fact, we rarely went out during the middle of the day because without a hat or an umbrella, the sun was so intense. 
Um, growing up in western Washington, you kind of become a little bit of a wimp, don't you, in terms of handling the sun? In the few days we get intense heat, there's nothing more amazing and beautiful than shade, right? <laughs> um, for us in western Washington, we're more familiar with the value of shade when it's raining, so you don't get rain pelted on you. But it says, the Lord is your shade at your right hand. You're familiar with the phrase, a right-hand man or a right-hand person, to be more egalitarian. Um, that's good news. You know, a right-hand person is someone who is reliable, trustworthy. They're a person you know you can count on. And that's what it's saying about God. God is our protection, our reliable, trustworthy help whatever we're facing. He's our shade at our right hand. And I don't think that the focus is, it's, it's really um, metaphorical when it says the sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. I don't think it's really talking about sunburns or moonshine. Um, it's really saying as the sun is out all day long and the moon is out all night long, it doesn't matter whatever or whenever the Lord has our back. Um, that's good news. It means whatever you're facing, whatever's beating on you, whatever's attacking you, impacting you, whatever you're experiencing, whenever you're experiencing it, God has your back. Do you believe that? The third, the third thing, the final stanza, it says, the Lord will keep you from all harm. And I just want to acknowledge, and we're going to come back to it here at the end pretty soon, is I, some of you might be struggling with those phrases. The, uh, he will not let your foot slip. You ever felt like maybe he let your foot slip? The Lord will keep you from all harm? Really? We're going to come back to that. But notice it says, he will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forever. This is a great illustration of uh, Hebrew parallelism. Um, a good example is in Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 7. And listen to this, it's great. Um, this is, starts off with a Shema, which Jewish people quoted all the time. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Now that's, that's good information there. That's what we're to be impressing on our kids. But this is the Hebrew parallelism. Notice it says, talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. So is that saying that the only time to impress these things on your kids is when you're sitting or when you're walking on the road? No. It's, it's Hebrew parallelism. It means whether you're sitting or walking along the road and everything in between is when we're going to be talking about Jesus with our kids. The next one, it says, when you lie down, and when you get up, only when you're lying down or when you're getting up? No, it's in everything in between. There, there are extremes that say, and everything in between, that's when we're to be talking about Jesus all the time with our kids. And so here, coming 
oh, this is great. I didn't even give them that verse, and they just added it in there. <laughs> and so the Lord will watch over your, make that personal, your coming and going, and wherever you are, that's the idea, wherever you are, God's got your back. Wherever you are facing whatever, whenever, you can call on him. Help. There's a beautiful um, little book called Hind's Feet in High Places. Any of you read that? You guys need to, you know, get out. Uh, um, it's a great little book, Hind's Feet. In, and and the, the, the key person is called Much Afraid is the, is the key person in the book. And, but what I love about the book is the shepherd told her that whenever you need me, you just got to call out to me. And, and that she, she'd go through some stuff and she wouldn't call out to the shepherd and she'd have to just battle it through on her own. But, but then she came to realize that if she just said, shepherd, he'd be there. <laughs> Wherever you're going through, whatever, whenever, God is available for us to call out to him, to call on to him. So why do we doubt that God always has our back? I think it's because we go through tough stuff, right? And our, and our focus begins to doubt God because of the, our, the stuff of life, the stuff of life that we go through. Um, where it doesn't seem like he's had our back or it seems like maybe he is taking a nap when we're calling out to him. How do we reconcile Psalm 121 that God has your back wherever, whatever, whenever? How do we reconcile that truth with the reality of God's seeming absence at times? Right? Any of you felt that? You're lying if you don't admit that, okay? <laughs> How do we reconcile those? Three things I'd like to leave with you that have really helped me um, to really believe these truths. Three words that I want to leave with you. The first is confidence. Confidence. Second Timothy 1.12 says this. This is a great verse. Paul said, I know whom I have believed. And I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. Isn't that good? I know whom I have believed. Do you know him? Do you know him? You know, sometimes it seems like maybe somebody doesn't have our back, but they're just really supporting us in a, in, in a way that we need to be supported. I, I, I shared in the first gathering that, uh, you know, sometimes... You know, maybe I'm having a hard time with somebody and, and Cindy's with me and I'm wanting Cindy to stick up for me, right? You ever been in that situation? You're, you're having an issue with somebody and the person with you, you just want them to stick up for you. But they know that the best thing for you isn't to stick up for you, but to help you work through and grow through the process, right? Um. What enables that to happen? It's that I know Cindy, right? I know her. And so 
in that situation, I know that she has my best in mind and that I might not be able to see at the time because of that confidence in my relationship with her. Hudson Taylor started the China Inland Missionary. He had some missionaries that were going through um, some hard time. They had just come to China. Things were going rough, and so they wanted to leave. And this is what he told them. This is good. He said, don't doubt in the dark what God has shown you in the light. You get that? I mean, in the midst of what you're going through, as, as hard and, and horrific as it might, don't forget God. The confidence you have in him when you're going through tough, that confidence is what can hold us in the midst of the hard times. Romans 8, 31 and 32 Listen, if God is for us, who can be against us, right? But this is the punchline. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Isn't that powerful? Isn't that? If he gave up his own son, how will he not also give us everything? Do we have that confidence in the God that is our God? Confidence. Which brings us to the second word is cross. The cross. You know, things might not make sense. We might not understand at all what is happening. But think about it. That if God would leave the glory of heaven, God himself, the worship of the angels, to come and take upon himself humanity for the sole purpose of living in this broken world, identifying with our brokenness and our sinfulness so that on the cross he could hang there and he could die and say, it is finished, sin is paid in full. That if our God would do that for us on the cross... Do we have any reason to doubt that he doesn't have our best in mind in the midst of whatever we're going through? When reality doesn't seem to square with truth, and I encourage us to have our confidence in a God who went to the cross because he cares about us so much. Will that God not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? And then the last thing, um, quilt. Now you're thinking he's just trying to be a good preacher, right? Confidence, cross, quilt. Um, yeah, I'm not a quilter in case you wondered, but my wife is. <laughs> and she's in the middle of designing a beautiful quilt that she's going to be uh, doing. When we go to the Puyallup Fair, one of the places that my wife, Cindy, loves to go to is the quilt barn, right? To see, and they're, they're gorgeous. Imagine going to the quilt barn and the quilts are all backwards. Nobody would go to the quilt barn because what you're looking at would just be this tangled mess. Whether it's a quilt or a tapestry on the back, it's just a bunch of knots, right? It's just this tangled mess of knots. 
why would anybody want to look at that? But often that's what our lives are like, aren't they? They're like this tangled mess. And if we were just looking at the back and if our focus is on the brokenness and the, and the stuff of life that we're going through, I mean, and all we're seeing is knots, we've forgotten you know, confidence in the God who went to the cross is also a God that's taking this mass of knots and turning it into a beautiful tapestry or quilt. That's our God. And that's why no matter what we're going through, whatever, wherever, whenever we're going through, we can have confidence to call on him because he's this God, the maker of heaven and earth, who then went to the cross and went through the shame and rejection and torture and death so that we could become children of God, his brothers. Isn't that amazing? How can we not, whatever, whenever, whatever we're going through, not believe that that God doesn't have our back? It might not make sense to us, right? We might be seeing the tangled mess of knots on the back, but it's the confidence that the God who went to the cross is a God who is taking that tangled mess us living in the midst of this really broken world and making us into beautiful reflections of Jesus. That's why we can believe he always has our back. All right? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your incredible love, this incredible salvation, redemption process where you say, see how, like First John says, see how great your love for, is for us that we can be called children of God and that is what we are. Oh God, open our eyes to just the miracle of that and your incredible grace and your incredible love that makes you available to us and gives us the confidence, God, that you are a God that is for us. Father, we love you. Thank you so much. Amen.